But disordered eating is doing anything weird with your food. It is being obsessive. It is, you know, cutting out some major thing because you feel like it'll make you fat if you eat it. It's like binging. It's going in a shame spiral because of the binge. Like disordered eating looks like anything that is not just eating food (laughs) and moving on. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Self Love Breakfast Club. I am your host, Crystal, and I am so happy you are here. This episode is actually an interview with me on the Connectable podcast, uh, my friend Deb. We just had such a great conversation about body image and self-love and all of that. And so I wanted to share it with you guys if you didn't have the opportunity to go on Connectable and listen to it there. It's an hour-long episode, so I decided to chunk it into two parts so you could listen to half now and then the other half next week. Yeah, so I'm really excited, you guys, uh, for you to listen to it. It was such a great conversation. I absolutely love getting just like have those jam fest type conversations with another woman where we just kind of, you know, talk on things and it's not so much an interview. And, and even though when we have women on this podcast, it's more it's more talk than interview, I feel. So I hope you guys really enjoy the format. And of course, you know, if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, hit me up on Instagram, you guys. I answer every DM. <laughs> Unless you're a creepy dude, I'm answering your DM. So hit me up. Let me know if there's someone you'd like to see on the podcast or a topic you'd like to cover any of that. So before we get to it, before we get to the goodies, you guys, I have been enrolling my pendulum program. It's a self-love food and body program over the last couple of weeks. And I forget how much I love enrollment and not just like, oh, because I'm enrolling people in my program, but everyone I get to talk to, like whether they sign on for the program or not, oh, it just lights a fire for me. It just shows me how badly people need this work. And, you know, even if it's a woman who doesn't sign on to the program, like maybe she's not ready. Maybe it's just like financially steep for her. And a lot of the times, one of the things that I see is that a woman will totally invest this amount of money in someone else or something else. But when it comes to herself, that's where the struggle is. She's like, I can't justify doing this for myself. And That's probably what makes me the saddest is just to see a woman who is struggling and I know could benefit so much from the work, but can't make that leap because of that. And, you know, we all have to be ready. We can't just like dive in when we're not ready. And a big part of me sitting down and chatting with these women is finding out, you know, are you really ready? Like, is this really something for you? I'm not trying to swindle. (laughs) I'm not trying to swindle people into getting into it into the program if it's not a good fit for them. So yeah, but it's been really cool. And I'm just so grateful that I get the opportunity to talk with all of these women and having all these names pop up on my calendar that I've seen, I've known for years, uh, you know, in some respects and some, I, I don't know at all, or they follow me on Instagram and I know their handle. So it's been really cool. If you are listening to this, the day it came out, we have two days left to enroll in this program. So if you've been on the fence, if you've been like, ah, kind of, I don't know, you know, book a call with me. I think I only have tomorrow open 
it is the last day. The 15th is the last day I am willing to take enrollment calls because I have to get this going. So Saturday, the 17th, the program is starting. We already have a great, great group of women. I am so, so excited to help guide them into just transformation. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. So that's happening. If you are on the fence, get your butt over to crystalrose.com slash pendulum, P-N-D-U-L-U-M. Fill out the application, book a call, get it done. Get your butt on my calendar. Let's talk. And aside from that, one really cool thing that's happened to me this week was I gave away my nutrition coaching business. (laughs) I had this big dream to expand my nutrition coaching and just make it a really big business and have a lot of coaches and just serve so many people in that space. And as I got deeper into the internal work, I realized that that's where I wanted to be spending my time and not so much on nutrition. I still love nutrition. I still have such a respect for people in the community and for coaches who are doing it right. But for me, I just know that my skills and my passion is just better served in the internal space. So I'm really excited to really be able to dive deeper and just serve my clients even better and serve more people. And I know, so if you guys have listened to any of the XL Nutrition, it's now XL Athletics. It's run by Danny Gallant. She's amazing. I passed it on to her and I know that she's just going to crush it. So it was pretty cool to just be like, okay, (laughs) I'm done doing this. The store is closed. Here you go. Run with it. You know, she had not wanted to start a business when she joined me. She wanted to kind of be a part of a business and have like all the other, you know, all of that taken care of. And that was a big motivation for her. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, you're ready. Like, let's do this. Let's go. So it was really cool to kind of turn around and have this amazing woman business owner rise up. And she's just she's got a great vision. I'm so proud of her. And I'm really excited to see what she does with XL Athletics. So without further ado, you guys, we'll get to the episode. I hope you love it. I hope that it sparks some thought for you. And part two will be next week. Girls only. We have Crystal Rose in the house. We don't have a formal introduction on this podcast on Connectable like we did on Character Combine. So here we go. Here's the opening part. Oh, I don't even have my microphone the right way. Josh, I'm already messing this up. So (laughs) you guys, we have Crystal Rose. She's the owner of Rebellia. She's the host of the Self Love Breakfast Club podcast, which is amazing. I love it. I listen to it when I'm running. And she's also a self love coach. Crystal, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad it's girl time right now and that Josh isn't here to butt in questions. But he <laughs> took up a lot of my time last time. I wanted to <laughs> ask you more questions and then he butted in with his questions. I'm just kidding. He asked really good questions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Crystal, you were on our Character Combine podcast a few months back. We, oh gosh, we talked about a lot of things on there. So As much as I want to repeat all of those things so that this audience hears all of that, I'm just going to refer to that, tell them to go back to listen to that episode, Character Combine. I obviously don't have the notes ready of what episode it was, but look for Crystal Rose. But that being said, can you just give our audience just a brief or give our listeners a brief rundown of just, you know, your background, who you are, what you do, and how you became so passionate about self-love? I know that was a lot. Yeah, I'll try to make this short because I feel like my story is like epically long. And that's one of the things I hate on podcasts the most where it's like, tell me 
your whole story since birth. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, um, I actually started my first business at the end of 2012, and it was a marketing business. And it was like really exciting for me because I was kind of nerdy about marketing. <laughs> but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, it's marketing. So I didn't really have a lot of like passion for, you know, what I was actually doing. I did have a lot of employees under me that were women and I really loved being their boss and I really loved advocating for them and just making sure that they were really, really happy. Right. And I fell into a co-ownership of a women's magazine called the Indie Chicks and it was a self-empowerment magazine for women. And that is where I really kind of just fell in love with the concept of self-empowerment, helping women to love themselves and like just giving them like tidbits of advice and stuff that maybe they hadn't quite thought of before and just really like helping. And it, I got like super addicted to that. Um, yeah, yeah. And at one point, you know, there were major flaws in both of the businesses and I had gotten into my own fitness journey. I struggled with my body forever, like since my mid teens. And I finally like picked up a barbell and I got into fitness. And so I started to you know, you start to feel that shift happen when you really kind of, you know, just strength training, especially. Right. And my body changed and clothes didn't really fit anymore. And not in this, like, I'm too fat way, but in a, like, no, I really like my body finally. And stuff is just not working. So I walked away from those businesses to start Rebellia, my boutique, which is for chicks with athletic builds and, you know, curves that aren't, don't quite fit the straight up and down mainstream fashion market. And I have been doing that for, I think we've been live for like four-ish years, but it's been almost six that I, since my, I first started trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So I really love that. I love helping women feel more confident in their skin, in their clothes, in their bodies. I, throughout my fitness journey, fell in love with nutrition and nutrition coaching because it was like I found this freedom that I didn't realize existed. So I pursued that as kind of like a side gig. And I recently was certified as like a food and body life coach. And that I thought I would, oh, I would just blow up my nutrition business. And it turns out that no, <laughs> I don't want to coach nutrition anymore. I want to get to the root, which is the reason why we have food and body issues and help people heal from there. So that's really kind of like the, the short version. I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. And speaking of Rebellia, I'm wearing, so this is like recorded too, if you're watching on YouTube, I can't like stand up and show you, but like, anyway, I had to rep <laughs> when we first hopped on, I'm such a dummy. I was like, I, I had a sweater on and I'm like, why am I, I need to wear Rebellia. Rebellia is right. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Exactly. And I remember, you know, following Rebellia I and I told you this last time way like four or five years ago. Like I remember seeing an ad and I remember seeing the clothes and I'm like, oh, what is this? It's like custom, <laughs> you know, I think the size charting was different back yeah, then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And then so it changed. And anyway, and so long story short, I have many items of clothing that <laughs> I'm obsessed with. So in this. You look like, amazing in them. I love it when you tag us. <laughs> I know. I love, they're so comfortable. So I'm totally on board for the, you know, and I've, I've heard your stories on some of your podcasts too, of just like how, you know, department store just, and cool kudos and props to those girls who can fit in those clothes. You know, obviously we're not knocking that at all. No, not at all. The, right. But for those who, you know, can't, it's just, anyway, it's nice to just like, 
feel comfortable in your clothes at any size and just love the way you look that way. So yeah, we just, I mean, our main goal is just so women can feel confident in shopping with us that whatever they order is going to fit their bodies and that they have the most information possible. So, I mean, shopping online in itself can be stressful. For sure. So we just want to make sure that everyone feels like, okay, I love this. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to get it. It's going to look even better than I thought it would. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause sometimes I'll, if I were to shop online and I say, um, I think I'm a medium. Yeah, I get it. And it's like two sizes too small for me or I get small and it's too big. Like, so I like your size chart. So that works out very well. So, but so my next question has to do with body image actually. So I know this is your jam. Mm-hmm. So excited to talk to you about all these things. We're going to, sorry, I didn't even tell our listeners at the beginning. We're going to talk about body image, eating habits, self-love, all that stuff. So unless, did I say that? Did I say yeah, that? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Crystal and I have been talking before we hit record. So we're just going to go with it. Okay. So in your professional opinion, and just, you know, the things that you've dealt with too, why do you think body image has become such an issue with women or always has been an issue with women? And I don't mean to discriminate against men, but I know that you work specifically with women. So we're just yeah. going to stick to that route, just like disclaimer for everyone. Right. And I've never been a man, so I can't tell you how many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Exactly. So like in terms of like, I'm sure it's always been an issue, but like, why do you think it is such an issue? Body image. Oh my goodness. Like I, this is such a, like, I think like a layered question yeah. because you know, I think there are several different factors. Like one obvious one is, you know, we're inundated with images from the media, you know, advertising. And up until recently, very recently, it's been like the same thing, you know, growing up in the 90s. I mean, I had like stick thin <laughs> Kate Moss and like, you know, like the supermodels. This is when they reigned right. supreme at the time, you know, Victoria's Secret catalogs and all that. And it was like, you just weren't pretty if that's not what you look like. And so there's a lot of societal conditioning in that. That's just kind of like, if you don't fit in this box, like you're not good enough. But I also think a lot of that comes from, you know, our upbringing and stuff. Like I personally was built more like my father. My sister was built more like my mom. And so my mom was always like skinny and she always like would laugh and be like, Oh, I got called chicken legs <laughs> in high school. You know, I'd be really annoyed, but I had these like these thick thighs and it pissed me off and I couldn't get rid of them. And I was just built bigger. And so I would always have to hear that, you know, Oh, a moment on the lips, crystal, you know, like these little a moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips or slap it on your thighs just like whenever I would eat something like fattening or whatever and so there was a little bit of you know parental stuff going on in there and you know I got boobs before a lot of other girls did and so it's just like I never remember being very aware of my body like at that point too much like I, I would get those comments and I'd be like I know I'm a bit like my dad and she's a bit like you and I wanted to look more like like my sister for like love for my mom and so I think that you know later can translate so we have so many stories that are fed to us over time and what happens is that becomes an ingrained in our belief system and so we just have this subconscious belief which Mm-hmm. our subconscious rules like 95% of what we do. Right. We have the subconscious belief that if we look a certain way, if our body looks a certain way and if, you know, then we will be loved, we will be worthy. And there are times where you can look that way but you don't see it 
you know, in the mirror. I mean, how many times have we said, oh man, I wish I was as fat as I was when I was, thought I was fat because I wasn't like, yeah. you know, right. Right. Yeah. Oh, body dysmorphia. Oh, okay. That's another topic I want to hit on. I want to talk about so many things, with you. but before I forget, so something you said just now about how like, you know, just wanting to, you know, that love from your mom, mm. kind of like just to look like her. So do you think that there is a direct link between self-love and body image? Yeah. 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 Or, or positive body image, I guess, self-love and positive body image. Yeah. And even honestly, just in our stories or our feelings and our moods, you know, like there are days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, or even like 10 minutes later, something happens or I'm, I'm struggling or I'm having a stressful day. I can look in the mirror and be like, gross. Right. (laughs) It's like, and it's the same body. It hasn't, nothing's really happened in that 10 minutes except for my feelings. Yeah. That's yeah. That's very true. And then, okay. So when you said body dysmorphia, I just want to explain to our listeners what that is if they don't know what it is or have never heard of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but body dysmorphia is when you look in the mirror and you see something completely different than what the world sees. Am I right? Is that Mm -hmm. how you would define body dysmorphia? Yeah, Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Like you're just not, you're not seeing what's really there. You're not looking with a a critical eye and I don't want to say critical as in like negatively critical, but more of like an observer, Mm -hmm. you know, objective person. Yeah, exactly. So I teach high school PE and sometimes mm. I talk to my classes. Yeah, especially, I mean, especially to the girls. Again, I'm not discriminating against guys, but like girls will ask me more and it's because I'm a girl. So they feel comfortable, but you know, they'll ask me about lifting and body image and da, 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 and we can, you know, get into that, the lifting part mm. as well and how it doesn't bulk you up. I love talking about that. That was my favorite thing to talk about. But so I'll go over a unit with them about, you know, like eating disorders and stuff. And I'll try to explain to them because they'll ask me like, well, why do girls or people, why do people become anorexic or why do people, you know, become, or, you know, you know, bulimia. And then, so I'll try to explain to them an aspect of it could be the body dysmorphia thing of how if they look in the mirror and I, you know, I say like, you know, on the scale, they're like 110 pounds, but they look in the mirror and they see like a 200 pound, like big person. And so again, I think that that is also linked to the self-love and that's a whole different topic. We don't have to get into all of that. Yeah. That's I think just a comment on like disordered eating also, yeah. I think, you know, especially like growing up, we, we saw it as anorexia, bulimia, and then pathorexia, but disordered eating is doing anything weird with your food. It is being obsessive. It is, you know, cutting out some major thing because you feel like it'll make you fat if you eat it. It's like binging. It's going in a shame spiral because of the binge. Like disordered eating looks like anything that is not just eating food (laughs) and moving on. Right. Eating food to fuel your body at least. Right. It's like, or like, you know, enjoying like food is emotional it is social it is cultural it is experiential you know there's so many elements of food that make it wonderful and it's not just you know food is all we're robots but you cannot go and enjoy a lovely fattening high caloric meal and just let it be what it is and then you go back and you obsess and oh, like that is right. not healthy like that's right. you know that could potentially be disordered eating people right think It's just starving yourself or it's just binging and purging. And there's so many. Right. Yeah. 
places on that spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So macro counting. Yeah. So yeah, I did macro counting. I want to say like four or five years ago, partially because I was going through some things in my life that I wanted to, and I didn't realize this until later, like through therapy and whatnot, but like I wanted to gain some sense of control over my life. And I thought that that would give me control because I can control what I eat and blah, blah, blah. I don't know that it turned into a healthy thing. It did teach me about nutrition and just strictly like objectively, right? But it totally, later on, I found out, okay, I was trying to control something because there were things in my life at the point that I could not control and that I did not like. Yeah. So I was trying not, so now, and I'm trying so hard now in my life, not to associate macro counting as something negative. Because Mm. for me back then it was potentially a negative thing because I wasn't the issue that I was going through the personal issue. I wasn't addressing that. I was just focusing on, I'm counting my macros. I am da, 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 and I'm doing this. So yeah. yeah. What is something like if you were, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If I were your client, what is something you could like tell me or help me with, I guess, to try to change my way of thinking hmm. about that as a negative thing. I don't know if that's too big of a question, but like yeah. how did one go so- about that. Here's the thing. It's about the intention. Right. So counting macros is, you know, fine. There's plenty of people who can count their macros. I originally found a ton of freedom in counting macros. I thought it was amazing that I didn't have to be either off the rails or cut out all the, you know, the stuff I liked. Yeah. But it's about the intention. So for example, if you have a really super stressful day and you come home and you're like, oh, I just need some wine and you, you know, have two glasses of wine you're using it as a coping mechanism. It's a coping strategy. But if you are, you know, you're in a good place or whatever, and you just want to relax and have a couple of glasses of wine, the intention is totally different. So when you were in this place, you weren't dealing with the root, right? And because you were avoiding your feelings and you're avoiding this thing over here that you didn't want to deal with, your coping strategy happened to be being in control of your food. And we all have different coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. because feelings suck. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants the pain of sitting in the feeling and actually feeling it and moving through it. Right. So I wouldn't start with you and be like, we got to change your mindset or we got to change your behavior because the behavior is way down the food chain. And so is your mindset and it doesn't stick. I can't just be like, well, think about it different. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I've heard you say that and I love it on your stories. <laughs> no, just don't think about it like that. Think about it like this. And like, it doesn't work that way. And there are people who, you know, you can have a very similar wound to someone else or a very similar root thing that you're going through or that went through and have two different, completely different ways of coping. Some people might be emotional eating and that's how they numb their pain mm-hmm. and how they get certainty and safety. And other people may hit the gym and work out for four hours. Mm-hmm. Our society views the gym person as so healthy. Well, at least it's like a healthy strategy. At least you're coping in a healthy way. Are we though? It's not. It's not. It just looks it. It looks like that person has more discipline than the person who's emotional eating. And that's not the case. They just have a different coping mechanism. Neither person is addressing the root issue. So what I would tell you is feel your feelings. Right. What are you feeling? What are you feeling when you need that control? What are you inside of your body? How does it feel to you? Yeah. Where does that come from? And what is the voice associated with that? And then we start to unravel this belief that I'm out of control Mm-hmm. right? The belief us that might be I'm out of control. Right. 
And yeah. so, yeah. And so let's address that belief. Let's, let's change that belief. Let's work on that as opposed to like, I'm just, let's just let the macros. The macros have nothing to do with anything. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's crazy just to wrap up everything that you just said right now about <laughs> all that. So as soon, you know, so circling back to like, as soon as I did address the issue, guess what I stopped doing? Mm. Stopped, stopped macro counting. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It happened like that. And I didn't even realize that that's what I did later on. I, was I love like, it. I yeah. love it. This is what I tell my clients. I'm like, we're not going to focus on these behaviors because that is like, that's so base level. That is so base level. Mm-hmm. We are working on the root because I'm telling you, those behaviors are going to resolve themselves. Like we won't even have to worry about it. You're just suddenly going to be like, oh, I don't do this anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not putting a bandaid on a bullet wound anymore. Right. Exactly. That's perfect. I love that. And a lot of that has to do with self-love. Okay. So for you, how do you define self-love? Like what do you, how do you define that? So I believe that self-love is that unconditional feeling that you easily give to someone else, right? We don't have to try to love anybody else that we love. We just do. And then that for ourselves, like turned inward. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I think some people think self-love is like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a conceited like word, like, no. oh, I love myself. I love myself. No, but like, I think, I That's mean. That's a coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> what, the conceited part? That hyper, oh. that inflated, I'm great. I am awesome. I am like that. What? Right there. Yes. Oh that God. right there. Is because when you really love yourself, it's not about, you know, you can sit there and be like, yeah, I'm awesome. I know I am. Mm. You can feel it. But it's not, you don't have to sing your own praises day in and day out. Like you just don't have to because you don't need that external validation. Right. And you need to receive from the external world, kudos. Mm-hmm. You, you have to tell people how awesome you are. Like that's yeah. something going on in there, you know? Is that kind of like the same? I saw you post something about affirmations. Yeah. Is that that along the same lines of like saying the affirmations? Like, is that a coping mechanism as well? I feel like self-affirmations are an attempt to change your mindset. I think they're an attempt, but they only work while you're saying them, staring at yourself in the mirror. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, like. Right. It's not, I don't think it's a coping mechanism so much as like, it's like a, okay, you have a lot, of, you don't have self-love. So go in the mirror and say three nice things about yourself. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. and it may be hard to do it because you don't have that self-love. And so it feels awkward, uncomfortable, but yeah. like, you know, and you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I'm pretty, I look great. I feel good in my body. And then you go out and you're living your life. And then you walk by a store window and you see yourself and you're like, whoa, yeah, because you're not in it. You're not like staring at yourself saying the affirmations. Like right. it only works when yeah. you're working at it. Yeah. Like a self-help book. How many times have you read a self-help book and yeah. felt like you were on top of the world and you have cracked the code to your life Yeah. and then stop reading the book and you're like. Oh, I'm here again. Back to square one. So how does, and this is another loaded question, but how, <laughs> <laughs> lots of loaded questions. This is what I have you on. I got to ask you the loaded questions and I'll take whatever you give me. How does one start building to that self-love, that place to where they don't have to 
constantly say out loud and sing their own praises or do something like, you know, macro count like I did or like how, and you did talk about the feel, like deal with the feelings, deal with the root. So is that a key component of building self-love, dealing with the root of what is taking you away from self-love? Yeah. It's not like bubble baths and sunshine and roses. Sometimes it's holding yourself accountable. You know, sometimes it's being really self-aware and knowing when you're pulling your BS, you know, like it's not always self-love is not always just this like cut your own hair and tell yourself how pretty you are. It is like you have to be ruthlessly committed to being honest with yourself, Yeah, you know, and like when you're pulling your stuff or you're triggered by something, Mm -hmm. instead of blaming, you know, the external world, you have to look within and be like, what am I supposed to learn from this? You know, if you see someone online and she triggers you. Wow. She's just so annoying. Right. That's a mirror. What about her? Either a is inside of you (laughs) that you're seeing reflected back or B does she have that you want that you don't believe you can have too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that honesty. It's, you know, the root. Yeah. Like knowing that you have a lot of maybe whether it be trauma or just like childhood hurts, it could have just been the kid, little jerk in second grade who told you you were ugly. And like, you would never, your brain would be like, we don't think about that. That doesn't matter. Right. But inside your body is like, still hasn't resolved that. So it's being willing to go back and resolve like these past hurts and changing your belief system. Like you don't love yourself because you don't believe that you deserve it. And so that belief is what needs to be attacked. And that can only be changed generally by providing yourself evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Wow. Just the whole, and of course, now I'm like, I have all kinds of questions on like, how do you go back? (laughs) Lay them on me. I know. Well, but it's interesting because it's like, that's so true past traumas and you know, how you think about yourself today and how you don't feel like you're you know, deserving of, there's all kinds of things that is underneath the layers of what gets in the way of self-love. But what do you think is the biggest thing that gets in the way of self-love? I don't know if there is a biggest thing. Yeah. I think it's like, there's like this weight. I will love myself when, and like, and it's an external thing, right? When I look a certain way, when I graduate and I'm a badass and I like make all this money, like you know, it's like, I will, when I get there Mm. and when I lose 15 pounds, when I, you know, there's like this belief that like, you can't just like turn it on here and now as is that you have to do something. Mm. There's a how, how do I do this? But it's state of being, Mm. you know, that's, I think really the biggest obstacle is ourselves and our beliefs. Yeah. Drop the mic right there. We are the biggest. <laughs> it's us. We're the biggest obstacle between us and, you know, yeah. loving ourselves without having to constantly sing the praises. It's really funny because I'm, so I love TikTok. I love TikTok. Mm. It's so addicting. Yeah. I love, I love your TikToks. I just love TikToks. And so <laughs> I, you know, and I see all these TikToks, of, you know, these girls, you know, speaking either to like, whoever's looking at them, like to you, like they're going like this, like you're a badass, you're a da, 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 you're beautiful. And those are really nice. And, the, or they'll yeah. say it about themselves and that's really, and I'm like, yeah, you go girl. But I didn't think of it as a, and of course, you know, I'm sure you'll agree. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, but like you said, singing, having to constantly sing mm-hmm. your own 
praises and your own self. I think there's a difference. So I want to make a distinction in that. I want to make a distinction because there's a difference between a woman like really standing in her truth and solid in her self-love and her love for herself and wanting to let other women like you are like I gave a pep talk today that was like beyond pep talks, right? Like, because I felt like sometimes getting that externally from someone else allows us maybe to drip a little bit inward and be like, okay, well, maybe something, you know, she must be seeing something in me that maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. There's a difference between an inflated sense of self and inflated ego, the external need for validation. You're flipping through TikTok and someone says this, I'm like, you're amazing. You're about it. You're like, thanks girl. Yeah. Like that feels good. That feels nice. There's a difference between like that and needing it, Mm. you know, or to be like every, and and you will see this in some people, there's always an announcement. They always have an announcement, important announcement, important announcement. And like, I just got this thing and this kudos happened to me and I was published in this thing. And it's not just like, Oh, Hey, this happened. And I'm so proud. It's like every single day they are talking about how, and it's not just that it's like, I'm an amazing boss because of this. And I'm a wonderful blah, 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 because we get it. <laughs> you know, We get it. It's this need and you wouldn't need to post it all of the time. It's just like, if you're in a good relationship, you don't have to post about it constantly. You're looking for that external validation. So affirmations are wonderful. I think it's wonderful. You know, they just don't stick unless there's a belief behind it. You know, if you don't really believe that you are, are beautiful and you have a wonderful soul and you are successful like saying those things aren't, they're not going to stick. They're not going to help you get to where you want to go. Right. But if you believe those things about yourself, like, right. You're just reaffirming a belief that's there and that is helpful. But yeah, yeah there's a distinction between like someone who is literally needs to sing their own praises because they are not feeling it. Like, there's no way that they do. And right. huh. it's just solid in who they are and their self-love. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you said that just because it just, that makes a lot of sense in terms of like just hearing it and being like, Oh, that feels good. Like, yeah, you go girl. And between that and like needing to constantly hear or needing to constantly. Yeah. Say, like how many likes can yeah. I get on this post about how great I am today? And I'll have another one ready for tomorrow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like we get it girl. You yeah. Know. Like there's something missing there. Yeah. Like, why do you feel the need to? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a time and a place where if you're proud of yourself, like, hell yeah, be proud of yourself, you know, let other people join in and be proud of you. Like, yeah. But I think you, when you start to like pay attention or you start to like notice, you can really see the difference and it honestly just makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I go back and forth. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm on the same page as you. Like, do you need to? But then I'm like, oh, but you go, girl, whatever. And at the end of the day, yeah. I, I celebrate the dumbest stuff now. Right. I mean, the things that I celebrate now are so minute that like, you know, in the like, let's measure our success against other people's world, right? So like, I celebrate stuff that is very minimal and like would be perceived as dumb, even in my in my former world, like this is a good right. enough response, right? I don't sell, I don't post about it constantly. Be like, guys, today we had one more sale than we had yesterday. (laughs) No one cares. Who cares? Wow. One more sale, big deal. But I do it for myself. Obviously I'm not posting about it every day, but I do it for myself. So I can be in that energy of celebration 
and attract more celebration and more reasons to celebrate. And when you're celebrating all the time, it's really hard to not have like good energy and be happy. Yeah. Love it. I love the distinction and the clarification. That's great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the self-love breakfast club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time.